Welcome back, pod people. Today, my guest is Noah Bunyan, the director of The King in Yellow, a a just-released sort of pseudo-anthology film uh, that is based on the collection of short stories written by Robert W. Chambers. Uh, Now, this is a really interesting project to me because um, you're adapting an existing work, one that's in the public domain. Thank goodness for the public domain. Yes. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah and so uh and like i said it's it's sort of an anthology film um but like i get the impression at least that it's all of the stories are sort of meant to be taking place in the same setting as each other uh and the, at around the same time is that right uh yeah it's, um it's sort of i wanted it to feel like it was um breaking down as it goes along so it starts as an anthology and then sort of um, become something like else by the time it's over. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I found it... Uh, tell, me, tell me a bit about um, how you turned the collection of short stories, or, or rather just, just a few of them, uh, into this like film. Because as I recall in the... Uh, the short stories are less connected to each other. It's been a while since I've, I've read The King in Yellow, but um, are, are the short stories as, as connected in originally? Tell, tell me about the adaptation process. Uh, well, um, in the in the original book, the short stories, they all, they all mention the play. Um, so you have that. There's a few brief mentions, but they're not like as connected as the film is. And with the film, um, I wanted to increase the connections to sort of make it um on one hand easier to understand for the audience and um and also to just be able to tell more of um more of a story of this play encroaching on the world from various different points Um, yeah sorry go ahead oh yeah um that's basically what I was trying to do. And um, in the in the short stories, they're, half of them are set in New York, half are set in Paris, just because I, I live in New York and it'll make the adaptation a lot easier. <laughs> um, we ha- we moved the setting a bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, the, the thing that stuck with me the most, like, that I remember the strongest from the short stories is that in the first one, The Repairer of Reputations, um, which uh, is also the first story in your movie, um, in the book, it is told by an unreliable narrator. And so we'll see sort of contradictory things uh, happening when they're described by the narrator versus when they're sort of when, when another character reacts to them. So um, I'm curious how you tried to convey that sort of similar sense of distrust with the text uh, through your film. Well, the thing about um, film is it's a lot more, um, I guess literal? you could say literal than um, than a book where like you're able to more get away with like um, the different points of view and the unreliable narrator in like a like a novel f- format. But yeah. in this, we did want to really throw people into the deep end right away with the first story, which is 
totally works for the first story in the King Yellow anthology. Um, and we try to include some of the um, some of the unreliable narrator element because we have this character, Hildred Castain, like he'll say things. And because as the film starts out, you're following him through the world, like he's your introductory character you're riding along with through that first um, portion of the film. At first, you're not really sure how much of what he's saying is true and how much is the crazy aspect of the character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There there are, there definitely have been films in the past that have like played with dreamlike quality or uh, unreliable narrators like Rashomon comes to mind. Yes. Um, But, but it is like, it is a real challenge. uh, And, and, um yeah so because the film is sort of divided up into these short films we have we don't have as long to spend with any given protagonist as we do in like a normal feature film so uh one of the most important parts of a film especially for a horror film uh is getting the audience to have strong opinions about the characters um whether those are positive or negative opinions uh and so can you talk a bit about how you tried to get the audience to care about the characters in this relatively limited amount of time? Um, well, there's a lot of um, psychology and the idea of um, the king in yellow because it's people like, you know, losing their mind and that kind of thing. So I, I tried to give all the characters like their own kind of stuff going on, like, in their lives and you know include a bit of who they are as people and kind of what their what their deal is um, yeah humanize them humanize them yes to um to just really get the audience more invested yeah um so your film adapts four of the short stories from the original uh, collection, The Repairer of Reputations, The Mask, In the Court of the Dragon, and The Yellow Sign. Uh, but the, um, the, like I said, the collection of short stories contains uh, several more, I think six more uh, stories. And so of the ones that you did not include, were there any that you really would have liked to uh and and why did they how, how did you pick the ones that you picked i mean apart from them just being the first four uh the the collection's really interesting actually because um so you've got those first four that are sort of like very surreal like horror inspired and then after that you've got i mean it varies a bit more there's some there's some romance stuff in there in the second half. There's um, there's a collection of poetry called The Prophet's Paradise, I think that one was called, which is in there. Um, there's one that was that's very interesting, that's sort of um sort of a romance, but you get like a bit of weird elements in there. There's like an ending where it turns out like the guy was dead the whole time. Something. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for the book from eighteen ninety-five. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm personally I am not bothered by spoilers unless it's like specifically a mystery thing. Okay. Uh, and so, um, in general, 
uh, the, this sort of conversation is fine to say spoilers, especially for your film and your film's source material, especially when it's over a hundred years old. Uh, sounds good. Um, but yeah, that, um, that prophet's paradise, that poetry section, there's a lot of like kind of interesting, evocative kind of descriptions in that, which I don't know how you do it, but it would have been interesting to kind of incorporate some of that more. Maybe animated. Maybe that's, that's an idea to think of. I, yeah. I know, I know an animator. <laughs> Animation is slow and expensive, but really cool when done well. Um, and can get much more uh, surreal than than live action typically can. Okay. So people often categorize um, the King in Yellow as like weird fiction and lump it in with H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's Cthulhu Mythos stuff, um, and I'm curious if that is a genre that you like, or is there something specific about this book that appeals to you that other stuff in there doesn't? Um, well, I love like cosmic horror in general. Like, um, yeah. I think Lovecraft. That's the phrase. That's the phrase that was escaping me. Thank yeah. you. Um, I think I think Lovecraft, like H.P. Lovecraft, actually mentions like. Um, the King in Yellow in like an essay he wrote and then like briefly in one of his stories. Um, but it actually like predates the whole like Lovecraft movement, like by like a couple decades. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 For anyone uh, uh, like really the timeline of, of that sort of weird fiction to cosmic horror stuff is like Poe and then Chapman and then like, a while later chambers and then like a while later lovecraft and then there was a whole bunch of people around lovecraft right and then it's been a thing ever since um yeah it it does really interesting interest me though the chambers part because it's like like reading his short stories it's like um from that collection it's it's like early surrealism like it's yeah yeah it's uh and it's interesting he was able to kind of capture that um and I like yeah. it a lot. <laughs> Good, yeah. Have you read um, The Mask of the Red Death? Um, I think a long time ago. Um, a long time ago, I read Mask of the Red Death. Um, and I saw the movie, actually, the Roger Corman movie, a lot more recently. Oh, I haven't actually seen that. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. It's Vincent Price. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. I've watched, I actually watched several other um, Corman movies from that, specifically from that era where he was doing the Poe stuff. Uh, oh, really? Um, excuse me, recently, but I didn't see that one. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mask of the Red Death, the, the Poe story has always like, it's, it's the other thing I can think of that seems closest to the King in Yellow in my mind for some reason. The sort of like- oh, Definitely pseudo masked uh a mask or unmasked that's the twist is right. there is no mask yes um like mysterious supernatural being in a robe coming to like fuck with people <laughs> oh it's it's great it's amazing to have <laughs> have that type of character around <laughs> yeah 
So this is your first feature film, is that right? Yes, first feature film. I've made um, a couple shorts, but this was really me trying to take it to the next level, you know, like really get out there and make an actual movie. Yeah. Well, good on ya. Congratulations on um, actually getting it done. Thanks a lot. <laughs> That's an, it's, it's quite an accomplishment. Uh, where, where are you thinking of going from here? Um, well, you know, right now I'm, you know, I'm trying to get, get the King in Yellow out there, get more people, people and more eyes on it. Um, I have like some scripts I'm working on, a couple ideas. I've got, um, got like, um, this vampire thing I'm working on a script for, which is, um, could be fun. Um. I've nice. got the, yeah. I've got like this. I've also got this more you know cabin in the woods type of script, which is cheap to make. <laughs> um, yeah, once you find the cabin, you're yeah, uh... it's you're set. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got. Oh, sorry. Um, oh no, go I've ahead. got a, I've got a couple things. Um, I'm working on scripts for, and you know, hopefully, I can get some stuff from rolling in the future. Nice. Uh, so what are your plans for how to try to promote this? Um, well, I'm going to try to start showing it in like festivals, um, that kind of thing. Um, I, uh, I know there's the, um, there is like a, there's a Lovecraft festival in Providence. I think they do in August. I'll try and see if I can get a booth there or something. Like see if I can get in there. Are you talking um, about Necronomicon? I, it, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least yeah, that's, right. that it, there is such an event there. I forget okay. exactly I, when, but yeah. I yeah, I've been to that. that. It's pretty cool. I heard about that. I need to look into that, see if I can show the movie there or something. Um, and then there's, you know, um, there's lots of festivals in, in New York. Um, oh, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll definitely be doing that. And, um, Yeah. Are you you aiming... Oh, what's that? I was going to say, are you aiming to get it picked up by a distributor or are you going to uh, try to? I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to get it distributed because I want to be able to get, um, you know, some DVD Blu-ray copies of it made. Right now we've got it. We've got it on Amazon Prime. But, you nice. know, I love I love physical media, that kind of thing. So I do want to. And also like. Um... Surely you can yeah. pay to have like a. a some of that made is is it just too cost prohibitive to do a small run or um i still need to look up look into it i'm in the early days i'm still promoting the amazon prime and stuff so i'm definitely okay. gonna look more into um getting dvds blu-rays out there have you uh considered submitting it to film hub are you familiar with them um i've i've heard the name but um, okay. what what is it, Film Hub? Film Hub, yeah. So there, here's my impression from having talked with a number of people who've worked with them. I've never worked with them, um, but my impression is that they are basically a distribution company focusing on independent films. That uh, they're like 
their gimmick, the thing that makes them different from uh, other things is basically that they have an open submission policy okay. where if you uh, format your film to their standards and it meets like, like they have, they, they do have a list of standards, but I'm, this can meet it. You just have to like export it in the right format and everything. Right. Um, uh, then they will accept it. And then they will try to pitch it to uh, like a bunch of different streaming services, um, including ones that like you cannot pitch directly to yourself um, because they only accept pitches from distributors. Right. Uh, and if they get, um, if it gets accepted by a streaming service, then Film Hub takes 20% of the proceeds from that and gives you 80%, which is a better than industry standard deal. The industry standard is 3070. Um, so they don't have like the clout and ability to get you in like movie theaters of the larger, more established distributors. But I think, I mean, like, Thinking realistically, this is a, a low-budget independent film. You're not going right. to be showing this across, like, oh, yeah. screens or whatever. Um, aiming to get it on, like, maybe Netflix, but more likely Tubi. Tubi, um, I love Tubi. I I was I was just watching Tubi earlier today, actually. Yeah. Oh no, I love Tubi. Yeah. Tubi, like the the streaming services I use the most are Tubi shutter and then there are a surprising number of old films on youtube for free shutter is also great <laughs> um i'm a big fan of shutter yeah i'm a big fan of a lot of the things that are on shutter but i've i'm frustrated by some of the stuff uh i've just been i've been trying to go find like old episodes of of joe bob uh right of the last drive-in and they're just gone and so is the just joe bob part right uh, and, uh, and because like, with with this thing like they'll have something that's like like it's on shutter but then it'll get taken off and with it goes the the joe bob episode yeah 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 so it sucks yeah and like at least they could leave up the just joe bob part that doesn't have anybody else's copyrighted stuff on it yeah i, um, I don't see why not yeah. Like I was listening to an interview with Lloyd Kaufman the other day uh -huh. and he mentioned doing Troma's War guest starring on The Last Drive-In when they showed Troma's War. And I was like, what? Right. And I looked it up and up oh, that that episode exists, but it's not on there. Oh, they took that one off. Yep. Which I mean, come on, it's Troma. How much can the streaming rights really cost? I, I couldn't say. Are you familiar with Troma? Um, yeah, actually. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I've got there's Toxic Avenger, right? There's, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely their main one. Yeah. Um, I had a, if I, I had a coworker that I worked with on a job once who said that she had used to do some work for Trauma. Actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people work for Trauma for like one movie and then move on to bigger and better things. <laughs> Hope your friend is, uh, is one of those people. Uh, she's on. doing oh. great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. If I would recommend like one other trauma movie besides the toxic Avenger, it would be trauma's war. So if you okay. like that, I, I recommend it. Check it out. All right. 
Yeah, because Film Hub, I do actually remember where I've heard of it before. I had, um, there was this other um, Lovecraftian movie that came out last year. I think it was like The mm-hmm. Quantum Terror, it was called. And I talked on the phone with the guy who made it because I liked it so much. And um, he he suggested Film Hub to me also. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, what, tell, tell me the name of that title again. Uh, the Quantum Terror. The Quantum Terror. Hopefully it's on Tubi. Uh, yeah. Have you heard of the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society? Um, I have. I've heard of them. They did the um, the black and white Call of Cthulhu, right? They did. That was exactly the film I was going to recommend. The Quantum Terror is on Tubi. So go okay, check it out, nice. listeners. <laughs> and it's probably on Tubi, thanks to Film Hub. Almost certainly. If if the person applied through like applied to Film Hub, then yeah, that's the only thing I can imagine. Um Yeah, so you've already seen the the or have you have you seen the the, oh, the black and white? I, I loved it. It's um black and white silent film. It's it's meant to be like it was made when the story was written, which was the twenties, but it was actually made in like, I don't know, 2005 or six or seven. Yeah. 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 I forget the exact year it was made, but yes, uh, you're exactly, exactly right there. It's, um, it's really great. I actually interviewed the creators of it on this show uh, a few months ago. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. If you, if you're interested, you can go listen to that one. Um, <laughs> uh yeah so what uh what indie films to be style stuff have you been watching recently i'm curious um let's see uh there's a lot of great older stuff on there i've watched um there was like oh, some yeah. some of the old like bella lugosi kind of stuff like the um which is great um the devil bat uh bella lugosi's He's got this giant bat and he, he gives people like cologne so that the bat will kill them by smelling the cologne and knowing who to kill. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I've, I I love uh, old movies like that. I haven't seen that specific one, but I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, one uh, from the 60s that I watched on there recently, since we we're talking about Bella Lugosi, um he's not in it but dracula it's uh billy the kid versus dracula that that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah the first like 95 percent of it is a pretty normal western just the troublemaker from out of town happens to be dracula uh but then oh. the 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 last few minutes of it are a fight scene between billy the kid and dracula where Billy the Kid has Dracula at revolver point. Spoilers. Um, hey. Do you, uh, you want to know hear how it ends? I mean, I'll probably watch it anyway. Yeah. Um, Billy the Kid has Dracula at gunpoint, and uh, Dracula says, oh, your bullets cannot harm me. And Billy the Kid tests his theory and shoots him a bunch of times. And indeed, Dracula is not hurt by the bullets. So the Billy the Kid throws his revolver at dracula hits him in the head knocks him out and uh and then stabs him to death with a scalpel that's that is (laughs) i i don't know what to say to that 
Oh, I can't remember if I've told that story on this podcast before or not, because that story was watching that. It was so funny that it was like, oh, I have to tell people <laughs> this. So I've been bringing it up with, with a scalpel. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we had established earlier in the film that the scalpel is made out of silver. Okay. All right. That makes yeah. a bit more sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey. It's just thinking like, where else have I actually seen a scalpel used as like a, a murder weapon like that? Terrifier. Uh, Terrifier 2, rather. So there's, right. a, there's a double feature for you. Okay. <laughs> um, so you are pretty much just at the beginning of your film career. Um, where do you see, like, what, what sort of change in independent filmmaking have you observed in your lifetime, and where do you expect to see it going? Well, I think um, right now there's a pretty big boom with streaming services. Like, every company wants their own streaming service. Everyone wants, you know, what Netflix did for them. So I think, like, it's easy, it's easier now to get your movie out there than it's been before because there's always like a streaming service looking for something to put up on there. Um, and um, I think also with like the change in technology, like we've got like phones now with like high quality cameras, you can make a movie for cheaper. It's more, it's more democratic now. Cause like anyone can make a movie now, like with like the kind of cameras we've got on our phones. Um, and my film, the King in yellow, it's mostly shot using like, you know, like some professional cameras I was able to rent out. There's one or two like insert shots where it was like, like some of the exterior stuff. Like I was like walking through the street. I see like these golden statues, like on the side of a building. And I'm like, uh, I don't have my camera, my film quality camera, because I just returned it to the place. But I do have this phone. I'm going to get a video of those, edit them into the movie, because this, I mean, it's golden statues, like king in yellow. It's Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, nice. That, that shot did not jump out at me as being, like, dramatically different from the other shots. So, good job. Uh, yeah, can you talk a little about like the the color grading and the the use of color in the film? Because I notice, I notice not only the like expected yellow, of course, um, but also like frequent use of a really powerful magenta. Um, well, I tried to use like um, a lot of color in the film. Like one because you know the the king in yellow is a color in the name. Um, and also, um, I'm a big fan of some of the, um, the seventies kind of Italian giallo films, like the kind of Suspiria and, uh, deep, yeah. deep that kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. I wanted to play with dramatic lighting. And so you've got like, you got scenes where it's like a very white room. You've got scenes where there's like, you know, red, green, like more bluish tint. And there's the yellow, which like, yes represents the king in yellow um and the the magenta like magenta is a great otherworldly color it's yes. a great sort of like like 
puts you um ill at ease when there's like magenta in a film because you kind of know like okay we're about to get weird with it there's magenta I, I guess you could say um yeah but yeah it's been used a lot um so Okay, so you filmed this over the past like two years. So that would be after things like the more recent Color Out of Space film and um, Mandy. Right. Um, you in... Sorry, go I, ahead. Oh, was, was I influenced? Yeah, were um, you influenced by those? Well, I, I think um, both those movies have a great use of color and I have seen them. Um, yeah, I like to think I'm influenced a bit by like every movie I've seen, but like, <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> but like, yeah, definitely. Like they have great color. I kept that in mind. Like, oh, I have to have like really amazing like colors in my movie. Cause like you kind of need it with like something as like kind of surreal as the King in yellow. You need a lot of color to it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like e emotional expression through color. And kind of yeah 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 i definitely see the uh Argent argento comparisons that you're making um speaking of older films and uh the color out of space have you seen die monster die from 1965 i i have actually the um with uh bella lugosi yeah or no 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 it boris Kar no, no 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 boris karloff boris, boris karloff. karloff right boris karloff older boris karloff but it's also a color out of space yeah and yeah it... oh, that Sorry, one's very ahead. fun that one's very fun it really is yeah I'm, uh uh it's it's not just fun it's also i think really interesting to do like for 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 a serious suggestion for a double feature i do recommend die monster die and the relatively recent color out of space because they're both adaptations of the same short story but they're very different from each other. Right. Um, yes. Um, I completely agree. Cause that one, it's like, I mean, die monster dies. Like it, you know, it feels like the films of its time period. Like you have all kinds of films, like especially some of the like Corman, like post stuff where you've got like, there's a guy going through the woods stops at a castle and, or a mansion or, and you know, stuff is going to happen in there. Mm -hmm. like you've got that's a, that's a whole subgenre of like you know guy goes to castle strange stuff happens yeah like uh uh what's the one i just uh follow the house of usher yes which that one's that's got blonde vincent price in it yes yes he dyes his hair for that movie yes that's right um yeah i it's man and that one to change, sorry go ahead oh uh no i what were you saying oh just just thinking about um movies from that era i was thinking about uh the the hammer horror films which for a long time were uh major blind spot in my knowledge of the history of horror cinema. Um, but I recently watched uh, the first one 
in most of their series. And I watched like the quarter mass experiment, which wasn't a part of a series, but it was like the first, the thing that kicked off okay. horror. And then I watched like blood of Dracula and, and curse of Frankenstein and whatever, whatever the, the titles are. Right. I, I love the, the hammer films. Um, I, my, that, um, that script, the vampire script I'm writing is sort of, um, hammer horror meets Texas chainsaw massacre, I guess you could call it. Okay. So I'm guessing that means like charismatic older villain, uh, who brutally murders people. I, you could say that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, honestly, when I was watching the, uh, the hammer horror films for at least like half of them, I was like, this is just, I prefer the old universal versions of these stories. Um, yeah, in the case of the of Frankenstein, I definitely like I like the universal ones more than the than the Hammer ones. Yeah, um, I'm not sure anything's ever going to top Bride of Frankenstein. No, in terms of telling those stories. Um, but yeah, though with those those Hammer films, there are there are some really good ones. There's some ones I really enjoy. There's some. Plague of the Zombies, if you ever saw that mm, one. I have not, no. Like like I said, I've uh Hammer Horror has been like a big empty spot for me. I've only okay. I've only just now seen like the first few of them. Okay. Well, Plague of the Zombies is interesting because it's it's a pre-Night of the Living Dead zombie movie. It's like still doing mm. like you know the voodoo and the voodoo thing, yeah. The voodoo thing. Okay, so so more like a white zombie? Yes. Uh yeah, definitely. Okay. If you want to see a really funny movie that's in that genre, uh, King of the Zombies. Okay. I'll have to, I'll write that down. King it's an old, Zombies. yeah, yeah. King of the Zombies. It's an old um, black and white horror comedy. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there are elements of it that might be perceived as uh racist nowadays but like the lead character is a black actor who's a servant to some white people and the comedy of the movie is that he's the only one who notices all the shit that like the evil voodoo sorcerer is, is up to and all okay. the white people are completely oblivious See, that kind of subverts it a bit yeah yeah and like um, <laughs> it's less bad yeah uh and he's just like a really good comic actor. So okay. it's, it, it is very funny. Um. <laughs> um, with, um, with Hammer, uh, there's also, um, there's some of the later vampire movies with them. I like, like um, the, the Vampire Lovers, which is sort of a Carmilla like type of adaptation, okay. which is pretty interesting. And um, there was a lot of like censorship, like at the time, like with that, like the British censor boards. Um, oh God, yeah, they were so strict. Yeah, but um, basically, they were the people who made the movie were able to say to the British censor boards, like, um, "Oh, the the lesbian elements in this are um, 
it's based on a book, so it's okay. It's it's literature. Ah, clever. Yeah. But no, that 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 one I do real I really enjoy. There's um Ingrid Pitt, her name is the actress in it, and she does a great job as as Carmilla. Cool. This, you know, a lot of great like um I think um what's his name? The uh Peter Cushing is also in that. Oh yeah, he is good. And and in a lot of the Hammer horror films, so that that is one thing that I'll definitely say, uh, the Hammer horror films do have going for them is that they did a good job of getting like a new generation of uh, their to to replace like Karloff and Lugosi and and all of them. Right. I usually end these things by asking the question about uh, where do you see like independent film going in the future but uh you i already asked that earlier okay <laughs> um so we had, we had uh, a bit of a tangent with the hammer horror but it, you know it was a fun tangent yeah exactly exactly we got all the right pieces just not necessarily in the right order <laughs> all right so um so where can people watch the king in yellow um well for now it's available on amazon prime um Eventually, I want to try and get it on Tubi and also try to get it for sale on like um, physical copies. Uh, right now, you can look up, you can go to Amazon Prime Video, you can search The King in Yellow, you find it right there. Um, and, uh, you know, watch the movie, uh, leave a review, um, and uh, enjoy. Nice. Yeah, I uh, submitted a review, but it didn't show up so i guess amazon has oh. to to review it before they can post it or something to make sure i'm not spamming or whatever oh, I, um, I saw that earlier today it has gone up now oh all right cool uh yeah uh and i found out about your film because you posted about it on reddit where you post as noah film account do you have any other social media that you would like people to know about um well we've also got um the official um, King in Yellow Twitter account, uh, where I, you know, I post about the film and occasionally other horror movie stuff, um, and that is um, official. The King in Yellow film is the actual name. All right, no punctuation or anything. Um, uh, there is punctuation, but there's also. Um, that's the long name. There's the the tag, which is at official the kin to. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I look forward to seeing what you uh, come out with next. When you release your next movie, uh, send me an email or something. I wanna I wanna watch it. Definitely for sure. I'll, I will let you know. All right. Thank you for coming on here, and good luck with your next movie. Break a leg. Thanks. It's been a pleasure.